Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. Uh, you might be really happy to say goodbye to 2020. 
and uh, move into 2021. But to do that, and not just have the same year over again, uh, I want to give you some uh, tools, uh, a perspective that would allow you to succeed in 2021. Uh, so here's where we're going. Three things that will help you succeed this year. Uh, can you imagine and guess what they are? You might say, well, yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Exactly. Essential for succeeding, but that's not it. Well, how about faith, hope, and love? Right. Also exceedingly important, faith, hope, and love. That's not it. Hmm. Ah, I know. In our culture, it would be beauty, brains, and bucks. Right. No, not it. Here's what it is. To succeed in 2021, to succeed in this new year, you're going to need perseverance, the capacity to serve, and the capacity to celebrate. Perseverance, service, and celebration. Now you might say, no, come on. That's it. I'm telling you. If, if you spend some time to think about it, what three things in the context of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the context of faith, hope, and love, do you need? What will allow you to succeed beyond perseverance, a service heart, a service attitude, and the capacity to celebrate and express gratitude? That's where we're going this morning. Those, that's the big idea, so let's dive in. The first thing, perseverance. Perseverance, uh, a way to look at this is to suffer redemptively. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, God is redeeming the world. God is making all things new. So wouldn't it be great if you allowed God to enter into your suffering? If you said, Lord, in the context of this suffering, whatever level of suffering it is, I want you to redeem me, redeem this situation. Make something good out of something that's not so good. Make something better out of something that is okay. Make something really good out of something that's really, really horrible. Okay? Perseverance is redemptive suffering. Uh, Paul writes to the Romans in chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, made right with God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have a whole new point of reference. We have a whole new uh, source of, of uh, strength and resourcefulness and resilience because of the grace of God made real to us in Jesus Christ. Not only do we have peace with God, we have grace through God to take on whatever life serves up. And so he says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Well, that sounds odd. Why would you boast? Isn't boasting bad, wrong? Well, Remember, he's writing to people in Rome, and, and it would be so easy if you're working under Caesar, and some of these people worked uh, literally under Caesar, and so you'd say, well, you know, I got the greatest job in the world. Caesar is my boss. I work for the emperor. I'm part of the, the, the Roman Empire. I, I'm part of the greatest power on the planet, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You could boast about that. And what Paul is saying and, and inferring is, if you're going to boast about anything, boast about the glory of God made real uh, in your life, boast in the hope of the glory of God, that God's glory would shine in us and through us, even in the midst of our suffering, and make something good come out of something very bad. Not only so, he says, but we also glory in our sufferings. That's an odd thing. You had me with you, Paul, until you said glorying in sufferings. 
I want to glory in the hope of God, but glorying in sufferings. What's glorious about suffering? He says this, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Well, it produces perseverance if we choose to suffer redemptively. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. There's this beautiful development of who we are as people that happens if we learn to suffer redemptively by persevering, by allowing our character to be reshaped and remolded and redeemed uh, by the power of God in us. That we would then have a hope that would express that character and, and the reason for that hope that we have in us. That's why Peter can later write in a letter, uh, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Do this with gentleness and respect. We have hope. It's not boastful to say, you know, I've got hope because of the living presence of Christ in me. God himself has adopted me as his beloved child. That sounds like a boast. Well, if it is, it's a boast that you can have as well. It's a gift from God that is available to anybody who receives him by faith. He says, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So let's just acknowledge that life is hard for everyone. Life is hard for everybody. It's difficult. It's complex. We all experience setbacks and failures and disappointments. Ask anybody. Ask the most successful, productive people you know. Hey, have you ever experienced any kind of, any kind of failure or, or setback? Uh, any kind of disappointment? Well, yeah, they, they'd say, of course. But I learned to persevere. And that perseverance shaped my character. And that, that, that experience of persevering in the Lord gave me hope. So if we aspire to achieve, uh, if we aspire to step out and take risks for something greater, something worth, worth risking for, it's likely that you'll suffer. It'll cost you something. Sometimes it's, it's a little bit of suffering, inconvenience. Other times it's some big suffering, some big sacrifices that we make. Disease, disaster, family issues, personal decisions create suffering. They're contexts for suffering. It's not fair, it's not fun, but it is a, it's a feature and a fact of life. And once we embrace that, once we say, okay, uh, I have, <laughs> I have uh, opportunities to suffer uh, for something good, am I willing to go there? Uh, rather than am I going to constantly try to avoid suffering? When you, when you avoid suffering, you create a minimal life. When you're willing to embrace suffering, not, not necessarily say, I want to create reasons to suffer, but as we embrace suffering in the course of, of, of seeking something good, uh, that maximizes life. We become more alive because of the development of our, our being, our personhood. Perseverance is therefore an opportunity to grow. Well, in 2020, you've had lots of opportunities to grow, haven't you? If you've tried to avoid suffering, if you've, uh, if you've denied it, if you've if you said, I want to blame somebody for it. I just want to get through it. Maybe, maybe you haven't had the effect of perseverance that would give you a larger perspective on your own life. Here's why. Perseverance is an opportunity to grow because you can either go through life or you can grow through life. I've seen so many people 
experience tough things and, and get to the other side of it, uh, not just beaten down and discouraged and cynical and bitter, but full of hope. Why? Because they were, they were willing and able to grow through that experience, not just go through it. If you just go through something, you don't learn anything. If, you, if you're willing to grow, that's, a, that's inherently a learning process. We grow because we're learning uh, things that allow us to grow, to expand our understanding, our knowledge, our love, our capacity for all kinds of things. So think of it as tuition for life's lessons. Uh, think of it as a refining fire that improves you. You see, we're all loved by God unconditionally, but we can be improved. We can be further developed. This is what God wants to do in us through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Faith, hope, and love. But as we respond to that, as we are responsible in, in receiving what God wants to give us, things change. Notably, we change. We become a truer version of us. Not more lovable or loved, but a better version of us. God is writing a better story in us. So to succeed in building a meaningful life, we've got to learn to persevere. How do we do that? Well, through God's grace, we make something good out of something bad. It's God's work, but we struggle and we engage in that work that God is doing in us. We appropriate it. That's what responsibility is. It's our ability, our capacity, our will to respond and to embrace and to say, what can I do with this? Uh, This is what every Navy SEAL signs up for. All that abuse is meant to equip them and prepare them, not just for more abuse, but to succeed in their mission. God wants us to succeed in our mission. And without these uh, disciplines, uh, without these tools, without these practices, we'll remain undeveloped. And that means we'll remain unprepared. We will lack capacity to do the things that God has put in our hearts to do. All those dreams, all those aspirations you have only become reality when you align with the processes required to achieve them, whether it's staying in school and getting an education, uh, whether it's learning the skills necessary for whatever job you want to do, whatever profession you want to pursue. I remember years ago, uh, talking to a young girl in high school, I think she was a sophomore or junior, and she was having all kinds of conflicts with her mom. Uh, as a single parent home, mom trying to do the best she could. The girl felt like her mom was just trying to control her and dominate her, make life tough for her. And so the mom said, well, go talk to Steve. And so the girl came to talk to me. And she said, look, my mom is impossible. I want to quit school. Well, why? Why do you want to quit school? Well, because my mom keeps hammering me about doing my homework and studying. Wow. Why do you think she's doing that? I don't know, but it's really annoying. Well, let me ask you, what do you want to do? Well, I want to be an attorney someday. Well, how will dropping out of high school help you become an attorney? It sounds like perhaps dropping out of high school is just a way to um, resist and repulse your mom. Maybe your mom is actually trying to help you, and she's not doing it in a way that's very constructive for you. So maybe deal with that. Don't tank your dream because you don't like what you're experiencing with your mom. But I got a hunch maybe your mom is doing this out of love and some fear. She wants the best for you, and she's having a hard time being a single mom. You see, this is the context of life. Looking at all these incredible factors that are complex and difficult in their own way, but that God can use for good to equip us and to develop us. So, Paul says, perseverance leads to character, a development, a 
of who we are. Character leads to hope. Why? Because we see our capacity to grow. We see our capacity to overcome trials and tribulations, temptations, roadblocks. We start to realize that we have capacity. And that capacity gives us a sense of confidence, encouragement, and ultimately hope. I think I can do this. I think I can do this. If I hang in there long enough, I can learn the skills to be in a healthy relationship. If I hang in there long enough, I can learn the skills to master uh, these things that I need to do the thing I dream of doing. And there's a lot of drudgery involved in that, a lot of practice, a lot of falling down and getting up. And really, that's what perseverance is. It's saying that I'm, I'm learning how to fail so that I can get up and learn how to succeed. So God's love is poured into our hearts through His Holy Spirit, through His Holy Word, through His holy people, through experiences and circumstances that might not be really pleasant, but are productive. God wants to make you capable of, of understanding you, understanding the world you live in, and knowing how to walk with Him through it is the best version, the truest version of you. So there's no shame in suffering. As long as we understand that we're going somewhere, we're going through suffering, because we're growing through that suffering. It would be a shame to let suffering cause us to give up, to tank our dreams, to undermine our future capacities, out of fear, out of frustration, out of resentment. And so if you have people in your life overloading you with expectations of what you should do and what you should be, find the best, nicest, kindest, most clear way of saying, I don't find this helpful. But don't reject people who are really trying to help you. Help them help you. Because none of us can do this on our own. Remember, it's God's Holy Spirit, God's Holy Word, God's Holy people. And even some unholy people, even some people we don't think uh, we like very much, can be the people God uses to help us develop our fullest capacities for Him. Having said that, uh, that there's no shame in suffering, um, suffering can lead us to realize that we're suffering unnecessarily. If you're making some very bad decisions, if you're in a rebellious mode, if you're in a, uh, a belligerent mode, if you are squashing people and hurting people, you might be suffering in ways that are of your own making. You're the source of actually the suffering you're experiencing and others are experiencing through you. Perhaps we aren't listening to God. Perhaps we're avoiding and rejecting wise counsel. What do you do? You need to humbly align yourself with God's purposes for you. Humility, oh my gosh, so powerful, so important. If we're not humble, we can't receive. If we're not vulnerable, uh, we won't be humble. We'll be too threatened by humility. It'll feel like weakness to us. If we don't learn how to be humble, uh, if we don't learn how to be vulnerable, we can't be empathetic. That is, we can't relate to other people's feelings. What does that do? Well, that undermines our authority and our credibility uh, to do the thing that we really want to do. So here's some questions I ask myself when I feel like giving up and quitting or blaming other people for my suffering. What's my part in what's happening? How did I participate in getting here? What's my part in getting through it? What can I do constructively to cope with this and to overcome it? What's at stake that requires me to hang in there? Is there something really worth hanging in there for to get through this difficult time? 
For whom am I doing this? Am I doing it for a parent? Am I doing it to please somebody else? Am I doing this to live up to some expectations uh, of someone somewhere? It's not going to be very effective. I've got to say, for whom am I doing this? If I'm, if I'm doing it for me, that's helpful. If I'm doing it for people I want to serve and support and care for, that's helpful. If I'm doing it because I, I believe God wants me to do it, that's helpful. Ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? If you're not doing it for really good reasons, you'll have no staying power. Another question I ask myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that could happen in the midst of this suffering and this difficulty I'm experiencing? What's possible? What's my next step? Most importantly, ask the question, what's God teaching me in this about me? What's he preparing me for in this? If I get this right, what will I be more prepared, more equipped, more confident in doing to glorify him and to bless people? So let me ask you this question. How are you suffering in your life? What's causing suffering for you? And then how are you persevering? What tools, what techniques, what resources are you embracing to persevere through whatever you're suffering? Persevering redemptively requires entrusting yourself to God in the midst of your suffering. It's in the midst of our suffering that God meets us. It's not the other side of it. Well, Lord, when I'm done with the suffering, then I'll get serious about you. Mm -mm. Or Lord, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be suffering. It doesn't work either. But in the midst of our suffering, we call on the Lord. I love the way the psalmist in Psalm 40 described it. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Are you one of those people who's learning to trust in the Lord? If so, you'll be blessed. That means you'll be aligned with His purposes for you. And even in the worst circumstances, you'll have a sense of purpose. Blessed is the one who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done the things you plan for us. This is a, a psalm of hope. It starts in despair. I'm in a pit. Huh? Is God listening? Does God care? And it ends up with saying, many, Lord, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. So that's perseverance. Let's look at the next thing you need to succeed in 2021. A serving. A serving is basically saying, I want to move beyond convenience, and others' expectations to do the thing that best allows me to express sacrificial love. Sacrificial love means love that will cost me something, but it's worth it. Because if I can love this person or, or, or love God in this situation, I'm going to have much more staying power and capacity to move through and push through obstacles to overcome them. There's a greater power in me than, than the power pressing in against me. I love these verses uh, from Galatians, from 1 Peter, from Hebrews. Galatians chapter 5 says this, Serve one another humbly in love. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then 1 Peter 
Uh, in First Peter, Peter writes, uh, chapter 4, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You can be so creative in the way that you use the gifts and the skills, the capacities you have. Just being present with someone who's going through a tough time is a way of serving them. Uh, using some skill that you have, some resource you have, to help others overcome a difficult situation or to cope with it is a beautiful act and expression of service. Helping someone do something that they need to learn how to do, not just you doing something for them, but you helping them do what they need to do is a powerful expression of service. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 13 says this, don't forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Think about that. God, God is pleased when he sees us practicing sacrificial love. Why? Because he knows it is transformational in us. Sacrificial love transforms you. And then the beautiful thing is, is it's, it's transformational through us. Your sacrificial love causes other people to feel that love and, and to go and do likewise. So do I serve as a sacrifice to God or as a convenience to me? Because it makes me look good, feel good, impress people. Motive does matter. At the end of the day, if you give somebody some money that they need, uh, maybe your motive doesn't matter because they got the money and they can do what they need to do. But over time, motive matters because it's how we are affected. If I'm doing this out of an expression of love, even if I don't feel loving, but I'm doing it out of, out of faithfulness and obedience because that's a loving thing to do, and I know it is my responsibility. Remember, we've said not everything is our responsibility, not every need is our call. But if I know that this is something God is, is giving me the opportunity to do, uh, I need to do that uh, in a way that uh, might be inconvenient. And I'm doing it to, to, to please Him, not just to impress somebody else. That's very important. Uh, sacrifice is serving as an offering to God, honoring Him and blessing others in His name. Are you serving out of duty or convenience? A sense of duty is that this is the right thing to do. A sense of convenience is, okay, fine, I'll do it. When you do things out of convenience, uh, it'll have an okay effect, but it doesn't transform you. You do things out of a sense of a response, responding to a genuine, an authentic need because you know God has put that in front of you for a purpose. All of a sudden, there's something at work in you that is redemptive and transformational, powerful. Um, does your service express worship? In that, are you serving because you believe that God has given you the capacity to make a difference in the world? That comes out of worshiping God. If you're worshiping God, you're saying, I want to live according to your purposes. So here's some uh, opportunity to do that. Discernment, knowing when to say yes, when to say no, is super important in this. Wise counsel, so you don't go off the rails trying to do everything for all people at all times. But this idea that out of my worship of God, I learn to embrace, receive, and then practice sacrificial love. Very, very powerful. So how can you improve your serve? How can you add value through your service? You can actually get better at serving. Uh, attitudinally, you can be better at it. In terms of skill sets, you can get better at it. We want to serve in ways that don't actually hurt people. <laughs> Sometimes people want to serve, but they make the situation worse uh, because they, they barge into something that they weren't really 
sensitive to, and so their service actually goes sideways. Uh, we want to help in a way that doesn't hurt. So persevering, serving, the final thing that will help you be successful in 2021 is this, celebrating. Celebrating. That sounds so superficial. Celebrating sounds kind of wispy, uh, insubstantial. Celebrating is powerful. Here's why. It's, it's about recognizing and expressing appropriate gratitude for everything. Appropriate gratitude for everything. Sometimes it's, that's a simple thank you so much. Sometimes I would say, whoa, this is amazing. But by recognizing and expressing appropriate gratitude in all situations is, again, transformational for us. It is so substantial. It is so critical to our development, our well-being, and our capacity to make a difference in the world. Simply by being us in the world. Here's how the psalmist says it, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, everybody. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. Why would we do this? Because we see the value of who he is, the beauty, the majesty, the magnificence of who he is. We recognize him. We can't do anything but praise him and sing glory to him. It's more than just emotions, but it's, it's expressing our emotions to reflect something absolutely essential in our humanity because of who God is. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Know that the Lord is God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. This is the value proposition. God is good. And his love endures forever. And nothing and no one can separate us from his goodness or his love in Christ. This is the power of perseverance that produces character and leads to hope. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the greatest legacy we can bequeath to our friends, our, our spouse, our kids, our grandkids. A legacy of celebration rooted in absolute authentic gratitude. Appropriately applied in any number of situations. Little things and big things. All of them count. All of them matter. All of them are essential to celebrate in the appropriate way. Some celebrations are, like I said, a simple word of, of gratitude. Thank you. Other celebrations are a whole day of feasting and, and, and celebrating. You know, Christmas Eve was such a fantastic service here. Uh, Christmas Day hopefully was a wonderful day for you to rest and be renewed, and just love being with family and friends. So sometimes celebrations go on for a long time. A wedding celebration uh, is a very big deal. But whatever it is, small or large, all of it is significant. All of it matters, all of it counts. And so celebration is a marker, remembering and recognizing God's goodness to you. Today, what can you celebrate? Ah, well, I don't have COVID. Oh, well, maybe I have COVID, but I'm getting care, Right? recognizing the actual circumstances you're in, the situation you're in, and then seeing what's good in it. Not in a fake way, making something sound good that isn't, but saying, hey, you know, I'm in a really difficult situation, but I have options, or I have hope. I have God. I have people working with me. I have a plan to get through this. It'll take some time, but I'll get there. All, of the, all of these things should evoke in us gratitude. And so the way, it's a way of remembering, oh, that's right. 
It's a way of expressing, oh, this is why it's right. So we need to make opportunities to celebrate regularly and thank God for life and to thank the people in our lives for the good things that they do to encourage us, to sometimes correct us. That's painful. To sometimes criticize us with love, constructively. It's awkward. But even that should allow us to say, wow, thank you. I know that must have been hard to do. It was hard to hear. It must have been hard to tell. But thank you for doing that. I accept that as a gift of love and care. So how did your family of origin celebrate? If you had a family that was constantly celebrating things, then you understand it. It's, it's internalized in you. You're probably pretty good at celebrating, and you get to find your own unique ways uh, beyond your family experience in celebrating uh, life as you go through it. If, though, you didn't grow up in a family that celebrated much, you need to learn how to celebrate. It's okay to celebrate. Sometimes people think, oh, celebration is, is um, not productive. Well, yes, it is productive. And so don't be shy about saying, hey, uh, I want to tell you what I'm really thankful for right now. And if you're feeling awkward expressing it, get over your awkwardness. Just the more you do it, the less awkward you'll feel, the more natural it will feel to you. So how do you celebrate? I hope you celebrate intentionally, uh, daily, creatively, appropriately. Some things just need, like I said, a word of recognition, a smile, a nod. Other things need a little bit of thought to respond to appropriately. So celebration moves from superficial to significant when we recognize everything in life is a gift from God, even our suffering. So these practices, uh, persevering, serving, celebrating, are supported by the Father, by the Son, by the Holy Spirit. They're supported by faith, hope, and love. Isn't it great to think that because God loves us so much, he's given us his Holy Spirit, he's given us his Holy Word, he's given us holy people. All of these are practices, are resources that support our capacity to navigate through life and succeed in it. They're practical, they're powerful ways to embrace the life that we now have in the Lord, now and forever. You must persevere in service and celebration if you want to succeed in life in 2021. And God will be with you as you do that. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for that promise from your word. You've given us a reason to persevere. You're shaping our character, not making us more lovable or acceptable. But because you love us and accept us, you're making us a truer version of who we are, who we're meant to be. Thank you, Lord, for the capacity to use whatever you've entrusted to us to serve others, word and deed. We thank you for the capacity to celebrate, to simply enjoy your goodness, generation to generation. For all this, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, it's a communion Sunday. Um, I want to remind you that on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and having blessed it, he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. He persevered, he served, that we could celebrate. In the same manner, having blessed Jesus, uh, took a cup of wine. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. It's Jesus' sacrifice for us that unlocks all the possibilities, all the promises of God. 
I hope you're opening your heart, your mind, your hands to these outrageously wonderful promises of God because He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. He wants you to experience life as a gift. He'll allow you to persevere, to serve, to celebrate well now and forever. So I pray that you would have a wonderful rest of your day as you reflect on God's goodness in your life, the work He wants to do in you and through you in 2021. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you and reflect from you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon all of us, that we would all be aware of His presence among us, His goodness for us, His generosity, providing what we need, one day at a time, now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.